Hello friends and welcome Earth Critters, beings, energetic forces of the universe. I hope you are living your best life as we should always be and are embracing this shift that we have welcomed into our lives as we have come into a new year of 2020 by the calendar that we go by here in the western world but as we know in april or during the springtime is when we experience the actual new year the actual rebirth um which does make sense to me if we are considering the seasons and the changing of the seasons and what the seasons represent um and since we do still experience quite a bit of winter during um January and February, um, or at least are supposed to, because we do experience global warming and a lot of shifting happening right now, um, you would know that winter is still that death period, and there really isn't a rebirth until we finally come into spring. So that is why that is often looked at as the new year. Um, I mean, there's a lot more to it, but that's just very short and sweet and simple interpretation on my end. <laughs> I'm going to do a quick card pull because, you know, I just feel that for some reason today. Because... So let's do that and get into our topic today, which is Kundalini. Sorry if I sound a little raspy. It is the morning time and I'm just like, you know what? Let's just talk to the people and be authentic. And in our morning voice so but yes we are discussing kundalini what is it why is it important why is everyone raving about it why is it my favorite form of energy um but really it is just a representation of the most potent life force energy and the practice is literally made to draw in that energy in the most pure quick I don't even know how to explain it for them that you possibly can. It's like, instead of going through DoorDash, you literally just want to pull up to the restaurant and grab the food once it's completely finished from the kitchen itself, not even from the lady at the desk who makes you, you know, pay for it. It's like wanting it completely fresh, having every detail, every note, every fragrance of that food before, you know, it gets cold and you can't really taste the actual authentic flavors it's wanting to get the most potent part of it of the energy so for our cards today we've got king of diamonds which is king of pentacles we have ten of clubs uh which is ten of wands and we also have nine of spades which is nine of swords so i feel like With the Ten of um, Clubs and Nine of Spades, we are releasing a lot, a lot, a lot of our burdens, a lot of our um, possibly thoughts that we keep or have kept for so many years. I feel like this is a finally, it might, I have this visual of even like a little treasure chest and like putting things in the chest and like you know, burning the box and or doing whatever kind of ritual. It's like a final release, but it's interesting because it's a final release of 
a multitude of things. It's not just one thing. Um, and I feel like maybe last year during this time, you didn't really have a whole lot of things that you were releasing. Maybe you were still a bit, um, kind of like confused from 2017, 18 and moving into 19, you were just like finding your footing again and really, um, building your foundation. And I feel like at this point you've built your foundation enough to where you're able to see who is really authentic within your uh, castle and your kingdom that you've built for yourself or if you want to think of it as your life you know the or if you think of it as a play your life is a play and the characters that you allow to participate in the play for it to you know play out in the highest good for everyone um, what characters need to stay and what characters need to go and you might have not been as sure about this this time last year because you were mo- more so focused on you and finding your footing for real um, but now that you finally have I feel like you're finally able to cycle out and um, release those that you realize um, you know, I don't want to even say are no longer serving you, but you know, that might be the case or just that you realize that you need to let flow out of your life. And that is bringing you the abundance and releasing the deep blockage that might have needed to be released in order to really, really receive your abundance here is the realization that you had and the confidence that you had and, you know, accepting those sleepless nights and the uncertainty that you might have felt but finally coming to a place now where you're able to pick up those wands pick up those swords pick up those thoughts and thought forms that you might you know recycle in your head all the time but really are toxic for you to continue thinking finally putting those in a box finally putting the relationships in a box that you know aren't serving you the, you know, keeping around your ex who you know might be a bit toxic, but you keep them around. Um, and every time you come around, you get that same vibe, but you still continue to be their friend. It's finally releasing that, closing the door on uh, situations that never were um, to begin with healthy for you and, you know, not trying to make them be healthy for you. Um, not forcing anything to happen or take place. So that is the energy that I get that is going to really release any blockages and bring about this abundance that is yours and that is here for you and that is important for you to accept because it is the time. The time is now and the time is now for a lot of humans to receive the fruits of the seeds that we planted many years ago. So that was a bit longer of a reading than I would have normally given, but you know, I need to give you every detail. So hopefully that gave you a little bit of guidance today. So let's just go ahead and get into our Kundalini portion, shall we? I'm going to try to keep it as short and simple and concise as I can because yo, there's just so much information to these topics. But you know, if you want me to dive deeper, you can always let me know and we can dive a bit deeper and I can, you know, hone in on a certain specific area of a topic if you wish but right now it's gonna be an overall overview so let's just go on and get into it hey friends so really quick before we get into the podcast i just wanted to mention that i am still doing mandala readings or mandala readings (laughs) i feel like 
I should just establish a way to say it, but I just address all the ways that everyone else says it just to address it. I don't know. Anyway, I'm still doing them. I'm still performing them. I'm still providing them. If you don't know what they are, basically I create a mandala of your energy using the colors that speak to me from you. Uh, whatever your energy tells me, um, I'll draw it out, draw it up. And it's different every time. I never know how it's going to turn out. Um, and once I have the finished product, I literally type up for each chakra. Sometimes I intuitively feel like I'm not supposed to address the ch chakras and just kind of do a flow intuitive reading. It just depends. Sometimes it's an ancestral reading. But generally what I do is go through each chakra, let you know what's balanced, what's not. But it's a really nice way of seeing um, how your chakras are doing um, through color and being able to see what your energy looks like through artwork. It's literally artwork made by me. And it's I send it to you in a file that you can put on a t-shirt, on, I don't know, a note card, on a notebook. You could possibly print it into a sticker and put it onto your, um, on your MacBook, on your computer. Um, I think they're for the most part transparent so you can make a really cool sticker if you wanted to but there are a lot of possibilities if you want to use the artwork to your advantage um and literally wear your energy on your shirt you can meditate with it um and you can even wear it you know print it on a shirt and see how the mandala affects your energy i'm going to talk about mandalas in another episode but they're really cool because when you look at them if you look at google the sri yantra sri S-R-I, yeah, S-R-I-Y-A-N-T-R-A, Sri Yantra. Um, that specifically was a mandala used to connect us to our subconscious mind um, and connect us to the universe and connect us to each other. So just by looking at it, mandalas are great for influencing our subconscious mind just by looking at it. So wearing it on your shirt, you know, influence your energy, train your energy to open up in ways that you might not have known. So yes, I'm providing those. If you're interested, go ahead, head over to my website and get a little bit more info. So anyways, back into our podcast. So grab your water, your cold pressed juice, your tea, whatever it might be, stay hydrated. Get those nutrients in. Take a sip if you have to. Take a breath if you don't have a drink. <laughs> Alright, so. What is Kundalini? What's the deal? Why does everyone talk about it? Why is it so popular right now? It is something that I'm actually excited about being, or coming into being a bit more popular. I'm excited that more people are talking and speaking about it because it's something that I feel is very... Um, important and it's something that dates all the way back to a thousand BC so this is a practice these are practices these are thought forms these are creations that have been in existence for longer than we can fathom with our minds from our own existence so a very very ancient practice that was really just brought to Canada first in the 80s by a yogi named Yogi Bhajan. 
um, after he had to leave his country um, because there was some conflict happening there. So, but Kundalini, just in general, the word means um, a just dormant female or divine feminine because I don't want, you know, when I say female or divine feminine, I'm not really speaking gender because we all have feminine and masculine within us and we um, are encouraged and invited to embrace both sides equally and I know for some humans that's a bit more uncomfortable because they don't want to be considered one or the other but it is not it doesn't have much to do with gender but anyway that's a whole other story kundalini it is a dormant divine feminine energy that is thought to or believed to be um hidden or resides in the sacral area coiled up you know basically at the base of the spine um and through a series of meditation and doing kundalini and redirecting your energy and performing the different kriyas and asanas we are able to um awaken this energy at the bottom of the spine it is believed it is said and once this energy awakens up it shoots up through the spine out through the crown your life changes so wait a minute before you call me crazy let me tell you how i got into kundalini and then i'll let you know the rest <laughs> I feel like this is important for some reason. They're like, you need to tell your story. So let me tell you about how this happened. So I was living in California um, with my person at the time or my partner at the time. And I um, had just moved there and was, you know, still getting accl acclimated. So um, I was still moving into my spot or still really trying to find the spot out there because we had like a t temporary spot, but not the spot. Um, but also I was uh, in process of getting the job that I really saw myself having and just getting things aligned. <clears throat> but I just noticed that there were some weird things taking place and some energies were off and I could feel a shift coming of some sort but I wasn't sure. And I got like a really like strange reading from a lady at Venice Beach uh, when I had gotten there or a couple weeks or a couple days after I had gotten there. And so, you know, I was just, you know, feeling things out, whatever. Um, and I had someone that I knew out there recommend do this whatever challenge. It was called um, Elevate Yourself or... I don't know, Elevate the World or something. I forget what it was called. But there are these two girls who do yoga and do these different things, are into Kundalini, um, and they created a whole challenge to elevate your energy. And I did this, um, I think, towards the beginning of December or towards the end. I think it was maybe towards the end, this challenge. <coughs> Excuse me. And so when I did the challenge... Um, each day was a different thing. One day they were like, okay, go make some golden milk. That's really good for you. I loved it. Sorry, I had to take like a sip of something. Some water. Um, so I did that. Loved it. 
Um, another day they, I don't know, spoke about energy. I don't know. I forget what the other days were. But the very final day, they had you do a full 40-minute kundalini practice. And I was like, cool, they have a full yoga sequence, whatever. This is something I can, you know, watch and keep in my little file if I want to do yoga and follow along with someone. Not realizing what this yoga was. And so we get into the practice and I'm like, what are we doing? Like, we're doing all this breath work while we're simultaneously, like, repetitively doing this one, you know, physical motion. And we're, like, twisting and, like... It was weird because yoga had never taken that much out of me. It was just like I was so exhausted by the end. But even though I was so exhausted as I was even doing it, I had to keep powering through because I just felt like I just needed to do it. And it just felt like transformational to me. And so, you know, I finished and everything and I was just like so hyped up because I could feel this Um I could literally feel this energy just coursing up through me. I felt so energized. I felt like so clear, clear minded. I felt so um, clear in my breathing, uh, really clears up your sinuses. My nervous system um, was calm and, you know, my anxiety or whatever. I was completely cool. And I was so stunned because I was like, I have never felt this sort of like weird natural high um, from a yoga class before. Um, and I've never felt this calm, this peace. I've never felt this clarity. I've never felt a whole energetic shift. And I was like, this literally feels like I'm doing Reiki while I'm, you know, doing yoga. And as I researched, that's exactly what it was. But not long after I did that whole little sequence, um, I had a very large tower moment where um, with that partner specifically, their true colors were shown to me. Um, and I literally just like left all my things left in my car, went to the airport and flew home the next day. So, and I literally do believe that was because of me doing Kundalini. I needed some sort of shift. I needed something to wake up my energy in such a profound way and make connections in my energetic field where there or disconnect so that I could really propel myself forward into what I needed to do because clearly I was not in I mean I was in the right space you know if you're if we're talking about lessons and whatever but clearly I wasn't meant to be there any longer is what I mean um, and that was shown to me and that was proved to me and that you know just snowballed affected I don't know that just snowballed into the cause and effect that happened but um, I'm all the better for it. And I always remember it as, you know, that pivotal moment that really shook things up or allowed me to shake things up or allowed things to shake themselves up so that I could be living, um, you know, a much healthier life and taking much better care of myself and, you know, starting my self-love journey. That's what really, um, started my self-love journey after that you know, kundalini awakening, and then shift tower moment, and then, you know, starting on my self-love journey. And then that's what, you know, spearheaded everything else that I'm working on now. So I feel like that's important to share because those are the types of shifts you might have. You know, I didn't necessarily give the whole story, but that was a very dramatic, like super tower moment. If 
by tower moment, I'm speaking of the tarot card, the tower. And in the tower card, it's literally like this tower is burning and they're like people or a woman falling from it. And it's just disastrous. And, you know, a tower moment could quite literally be as literal as 9-11 or Hiroshima or, you know, something dramatic as that. Or, you know, even the events happening between the U.S. and all the other things. Um, I don't want to get into that. But, or a tower moment can be, you know, getting into a very um, crazy car accident that totals your car but you end up getting but you're completely fine and the other person's completely fine and then you end up getting a completely you know new updated car that's better than the old one so much safer yeah you had to pay more money out of pocket and it was a bit more unexpected but at least you're in a safer car it's newer you know things won't go wrong as much or as often and at least it's a bit more reliable so a tower moment, something super dramatic that makes you go through it emotionally, but you end up really appreciating why you had the moment in the first place. So that is like the sort of energy or the sort of shift that Kundalini can really create for you. And it's literally because we're waking up this energy. I feel like when it's dormant, we're just like, we tend to want to be very zombie-like and just go through the motions of life. Um, be very root chakra grounded, um, go to work, go to school, um, save the money, super, super earth minded. But when we open up ourselves to that source energy, we open up a whole other world, a whole other perspective. So when really difficult scenarios happen, instead of getting super into our root chakra and, you know, oh, this, this, and this, and complaining and complaining and thinking all of the worst thoughts. We now know that we can recreate our reality, shift our timelines, you know, et cetera, et cetera. After that awakening, you have a better ability of being able to shift the energy around you because you are so familiar with it. It literally becomes you. Instead of as we all, you know, you know, kind of initially start out thinking this energy, this thing is separate from us. And we see it because a lot of um, humans still have this guru outside of us mentality where they want to place the name, oh, this is my guru. This is my sensei. This is my shaman. But we our we we our we are our shaman. You are your own shaman, your own guru. Um so it's becoming so familiar with this energy that it wakes up something within us that we realize that, that we no longer have this, oh, it's separate outside of us and we kind of dumb ourselves down and dim our own light and think that we aren't, oh, we couldn't possibly be powerful enough to make a shift that great. No, no, hunty. No, no, honey. It is a whole lot different. You have the complete ability and complete power um, that the shaman in front of you that you might glorify or that guru or that speaker or that person that you might, you know, hold on a pedestal. You have the same power. They just took the time to learn and they have the experience. That's literally it. But you have the same opportunity. Um and you have the same opportunity to gain the same amount of experience in whatever time frame you choose because time doesn't exist. So 
Anyways, <laughs> I feel like I'm getting off topic, but it is all relative. So, yes, Kundalini is just that energy that is at dormant at the bottom of the spine and wakes up and moves up through the spine and opens up this whole energy or life force within you. Um, but it's supposed to arouse that sleeping Kundalini Shakti, um, which is within that root chakra and wakes up all of the other six chakras as it wakes up the root chakra the energy shoots up and wakes up all the other chakras and that's also why it's so profound because it's literally aligning your energy it's literally aligning your meridians it's literally working with your nervous system i always tell people kundalini is amazing if you want to do some deep work on your nervous system if you want to do some deep work on your trauma if you want to do some deep work on those traumas and those deep emotional experiences and um, deep emotional, I want to call them tags or even like um, memories that get stuck and blocked inside of your energetic field in order to really um, push those out. We need this life force energy, um, this alignment, this purification. And in Kundalini, like yoga specifically, you'll often see um, people wearing white. And the reason for this is um, it's in simplest form, simplest way to say it, it's the easiest way to encompass the light and colors of the seven chakras, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple, or indigo or violet. Some people do white. Different interpretations for different folks. Um, but those are the colors essentially. So they wanted to find a color that kind of encompassed all of them, which if you do candle work, you know, if you want to use a candle that kind of hits all the marks, um, and you don't really have colors with you go for a white candle. So it's the same thing in Kundalini yoga. Um, they recognize that colors can be very distracting to the subconscious mind. And in order to really um, hone in on the energy that we are focusing on, um, they really wanted to create the least amount of distractions because like I was giving you guys the example of the food, they wanted to get straight to the source as quickly as possible, as clear as possible, as strong as possible. So instead of going through DoorDash you know, running the risk of having the order canceled because the store decides they don't want to make the order or having your door dasher steal your meal or having your door dasher run all over town and run all their errands before they come and deliver it and then it gets too cold and literally making the choice to just drive to the restaurant yourself before it's even done intuitively knowing that as soon as you get there and walk literally to the kitchen skip all the people who are waiting to help you you know walking to the kitchen to grab your food as it is hot <laughs> in its most purest form you know what you're going to get you know what you're going to expect and you can be able to taste all those full flavors and so it's the same thing instead of distracting our subconscious mind with blues and purples and pinks which are all amazing colors and I totally support and promote and invite you guys to use them to your advantage if you're working on your root chakra chakra wear some red burn a red candle drink some red juice if you're working on the solar plexus drink some 
fresh pineapple juice, some fresh lemon juice, wear a yellow shirt, buy some yellow flowers, burn a yellow candle, all for it. But I can see how it is distracting. So in order to really encompass the energy of all those colors and not just necessarily hone in and focus on one, we wear white to encourage ourselves to encompass all of those colors, encompass that full energy, that full shift, and to unlock all of those doors instead of just one. <clears throat> so that's essentially the purpose of wearing all whites when we, um, you know, do kundalini yoga. But yes. So let us continue. There's a lot of uh, interesting breath work that's included in Kundalini. Um, <clears throat> and breath work is really used to kind of cleanse and purify the different channels and pathways uh, within the body, but also to help awaken and purify that Kundalini energy or make the body pure for that Kundalini energy. Um, but you will notice there's a lot of like alternate nostril breathing. There's a lot of um, breath of fire, which is one of my favorites. If you are ever coming down with a cold or, you know, need to clear up your sinuses or have a headache or breath of fire is usually my go-to for everything. It just literally does it all. It's so, so nice. Um, but there's just a lot of repetitive movements. So like spinal flexes. Uh, rounding the back and then sitting up nice and tall really really nice for the shoulders um, you know twisting of the spine which is really good for cracking your back I must say um, and again these are just movements that we don't normally do in ways that we don't normally awaken the body so it's great to get a bit more movement a bit more energy flowing um, within the body to encourage more health as well. But indeed, that is, I don't know, essentially kind of the basics for Kundalini. <clears throat> a normal practice, I'll just, you know, kind of go through that if you are interested in doing a Kundalini class. Um, I really want to, um, make a video for one. I just need to find the right spot and finally get a tripod. Um, but it usually starts with a mantra. Um, Ang Namo, Guru Dev Namo is usually um, the opening mantra, which kind of connects us with the source and with ourselves, connects us with the universe and with ourselves. It's just the opening kind of, if you're thinking of shamans and how they um, speak to the four directions or even native native people they speak to the four directions of the earth the four directions the four spirits the four energies the four elements before they even start any practice they acknowledge what is here before they ask for something else to be created so in kundalini we do the same thing we acknowledge um, the source energy we acknowledge the energy within ourselves and we open up and we go through the different kriyas, different movements, different asanas, different breath work, pranayam, and um, usually close with a mantra as well. So, <clears throat> at least that's usually how mine tend to go. But they are um, 
Kundalini is a very methodical sort of practice. Um, the movements are held or done for a certain amount of time, some for 30 seconds, some for honestly 10 minutes, some for like probably an hour. Um, some meditations are pretty interesting. You'll literally be sitting cross-legged with your arms in a crazy position and you'll have to sit there for about 11 to 20 minutes. So it really requires you to build some strength within the arms, but some endurance within your body and some endurance within your mind as well. Um, not allowing yourself to give up too quickly and giving yourself that extra mental push. Um, it really does hit all the bases. And I just encourage you to at least try one Kundalini yoga class um, or meditation, even if it's just something on YouTube, which on YouTube, they don't really have quite a lot. Um, it's a little bit disappointing, but if you do some good Google searches, um, you can find some practices as well. But I hope to share with you guys soon some videos, um, especially as the weather clears up. And I find kind of a space where I really feel comfortable doing, you know, some filming where I won't be interrupted. That's uh, part of the reason why I haven't done more yoga videos. But yeah. If you guys are interested in more as far as the kundalini goes, let me know. Hopefully um, you gained some knowledge today. I try to share as much as I know, um, <clears throat> excuse me, personally, but also with some uh, research done as well. I want to always give you guys the facts. But if there's something specific that you're interested in um, in regards to kundalini, let me know. But that is essentially it. That coiled little snake-like energy. They often refer to it as a snake. Um, and it's funny because we can also see it in the uh, medical symbol that people often use, the two snakes coiled up. Um, you can see it often on most hospitals and things. Um, that is the caduceus, um, the same sort of coiled energy. Um, or even, I forget what it is called. I want to see if I can Google it quickly, but the snake that's eating itself. Um, oh my gosh, how do I even say it? Aroboros, I think. The ancient symbol of a snake or serpent eating its own tail, which is basically symbolizing the infinity or the cycle of birth and death, which is the same sort of vibe. Um, so interesting i recently had a dream about a yellow and white python so a lot of snake energy a lot of kundalini energy invite it into your life do a little meditation google some kundalini reiki if you're interested in me doing a podcast about that let me know send me a message um send me a comment on my website whatever you want to do but until then i shall see you guys in our next episode and if you have a topic, as always, feel free to let me know.